This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast, sponsored by Visit Bemidji. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors covers the lakes, woods, trails, wildlife, and anything else going on outdoors in Paul Bunyan's playground. It's a little cooler than it normally is this time of year, but traditionally, musky fishing heats up after the 4th of July. So we've got Mr. Muskie, Kevin Cochran, in next. If I had a bar for every time my line got stuck, well then I'd probably have enough for a brand new pickup truck and I'm probably gonna need it. My luck is gonna change, I can feel it. I got a secret weapon on the radio. Kevin always tells me where the fish is When I'm fishing, it's I'm fishing. When I'm fishing, it's I'm fishing. Jackson of Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. You always hear commercials where they say bigger and better than ever. And you go, yeah, yeah, yeah. I always thought I would never do that. Well, I'm doing that because the fourth annual Lucan's Village Foods United Way Fishing Tournament really is bigger and better than ever. Now benefiting agencies in Beltrami, Clearwater, Hubbard, Cass, Aitken, and Crow Wing Counties. This means you can fish any publicly accessible lake in any of those counties. That includes Leech, the Cass Lake Chain, half of Winnie, and the Brainerd Lakes area. You can choose two divisions, walleye or bass, or both. Plus, big fish winners in each category and top youth finishers win a lifetime fishing license. No rules meeting, no way in. Just hit whatever lake you want and start fishing July 22nd and 23rd. All you need to do is download the Fish Donkey app, search for United Way Fishing Tournament, and get registered. $200 per two-person team, and it all goes to the United Way and the great work they do in Paul Bunyan country. Go to uwfishingbemidji.com for more. The Lucas Village Foods United Way Fishing Tournament, also sponsored by DS Beverages, Coca-Cola, Deerwood Bank, Northwoods Bait and Tackle, Hubbard Radio North, and Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. This is Mike Frisch of Fishing the Midwest, and you're listening to Fishing Paul Bunyan Country. Well, we are past the 4th of July, and that means we're really just starting to heat up literally and figuratively in the musky season. So let's check in with Kevin Cochran of Kevin Cochran's Musky Guide Service. Find out what's going on there. Kevin, first of all, welcome back to the show. Oh, thank you for having me on, Jeff. Thank you. Well, you're certainly one of the best-known uh, musky guides in Paul Bunyan country. Are you the best musky guide in North America? Definitely not. <laughs> okay. Definitely not. You just it's failed your first marketing test right there. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of guides and incredible anglers, uh, especially in our area, too. So, um, yeah, I mean, um, as far as being the best, definitely not. Um, you know, I'm... I I, uh, I kind of pride myself in tailoring um, fishing trips to to fit the needs of my clients. So um, yeah, I, uh, I love taking people fishing, but um, and I try definitely try my best every time out. And sometimes we get fish, sometimes we don't. Well, let's uh, let's talk about that. How has musky season been thus far? It's been okay uh, as far as big fish. Personally, for myself and my boat. Um, it's it's definitely not what it was last year, um, you know, and, and we're getting fish, getting bites every day, getting fish usually every day. Um, you know, the the giant fish are, are still 
few and far between, but you know, I'm looking forward to here the next couple of weeks with, uh, with the Bucktail Bite that's that's been producing for the last uh, three or four days. So, um, you know, itself, June was it was an okay month. Um, you know, and the trolling bite never really transpired, which I usually put a lot of fish in the boat trolling early season. Um, that never happened. In fact, I have zero fish trolling. Uh, every one of our fish. Uh, have been caught casting. So uh, from that aspect, I, I really love, I love casting. You know, I'm a, I'm a caster at heart, and that's that's what musk angling is, in my opinion. So, um, I mean, we definitely focused on that, focused on early season uh, casting shallow meat, shallow water, and then also um, open water as well. And we're seeing a lot of fish uh, shallow right now, which is, uh, which is awesome. So, um you, uh, I know there's a few different lakes you fish, and nobody wants to tell their secret spots, but are you seeing it across the board? Is there one lake or two lakes that seem to be better? You know, I would say we're seeing we're seeing shallow water fish across the board. I mean, now is the time when, when fish start to push shallow. So we're seeing that, that um, I guess, that first wave, if you will, of, of fish coming shallow, and it's kind of a mixed bag. Like, one day we'll get, like, three or four fish that are all under 40 and then the next day we'll get a 48 and a 45. Um, so, you know, right now is an awesome time. The next 10 days, it's going to be an incredible time to, uh, to um, uh, find shallow water fish. And in my opinion, like this is one of the best times of the year. The, uh, the musky bite of course is, is something that uh, is, is a very prominent bite here. And obviously uh, there's some passionate anglers here. Um, what are you seeing as far as um, future fishing? I mean, obviously that's a big, big part of Muskie Anglers and Muskies Inc. Is, is concerned about the future of the fishery and the growth of the fishery. Are we seeing, it sounds like you're seeing a few different uh, year classes in the, out there. Yeah, you know, we are. Uh, you know, we're seeing, we're seeing young fish and old fish and kind of a mixed bag, especially on the natural lakes. But, you know, I, I guess my biggest concern is, um, the stocking efforts meeting uh, the increase in anglers and the fishing pressure. So, you know, of course, musky anglers want to see more fish and bigger fish. Um, but as of right now, like the stocking efforts just don't meet don't meet the demand that's out there. So, uh, in in your opinion, Kevin Cochran's opinion, mm-hmm. Wh- mm-hmm. what do we need to do? Just stock more fish. Mm-hmm. It's pretty simple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, uh, stock more fish, and and um, I mean, I, I think that would make a lot of people happy, you know. And and now there's not as much resistance from Lakeshore Association like there was 20 years ago when I when I first started kind of getting into uh, getting into guiding. Yeah, I think it's been well established, certainly in our neck of the woods, that if you put muskies in a lake, uh, that's not going to deplete the walleye or other sport fish populations at all. Right, and the new uh, the new research that's been done um, recently, even on Lake Bemidji, it's shown that just muskies do not eat walleye. So it's a extremely rare occasion. So, um, and people are more science and fact fact uh, generated, and, and they follow that instead of like the fear mongering that they once did. So, you know, I, I guess. I guess if there's any way we could put pressure on the, on the DNR to stock more more lakes and more fish, that'd be great. But um, but as of now, like you know, to kind of compensate for that, I do a lot of lake hopping and 
And fishing natural lakes definitely helps because natural lakes have um, that established presence and of fish that, that have never relied on stocking and the inconsistencies thereof. So um, natural lakes is definitely where I spend probably 75% of my time. Okay. Well, one of the things we hear so much about uh, in fishing in general these days is, you know, the growth of electronics and the forward-facing sonar and all that new electronics. And it's not without controversy. Uh, do you have the new stuff? Do you like the new stuff? Or do you not need it? Yeah, you know, um, so I, I've got a lot of stuff going on in my boat. So I've got um, multiple transducers, forward-facing, and, and electronics, and pan-optics and live scopes. So, um you know, I, I think from a guy perspective, it's needed. However, from, uh, you know, an angler's perspective, like side imaging is still one of the best tools in my boat. Um, and in fact, side imaging, in my opinion, does not spook fish like, uh, like a live scope will. So many times what I do is I find fish with my live scope and my electronics and just throughout a regular day of casting and I'll, and I'll mark those fish. Um, and then I'll come back to them at, in my opinion, like a prime time, like sunset or sunrise or moon overhead with, uh, with just my side imaging going. So, and no, no live scope, no live imagery, because in my opinion, it does, it does affect the fish, um, you know, in a negative, in a negative way. And they're going to, they're going to feel those. I don't know if they feel the pains or what, whatever it is, but, uh, but there's a lot going on in the water right now with, uh, with multiple lighting, even a single or, or multiple live scopes, the fish do feel that. Certainly many of our, if not most of our musky lakes in Paul Bunyan country have been affected now by uh, zebra mussels. How has that changed things for you? You know, the clarity, obviously, the, the increase in clarity and, and fishing lakes, um, fishing extremely clear water lakes during, you know, during times that are overcast and windy, such as today, um, you know, and, and that's kind of, that's kind of played into, um, my success. So I, you know, I, I lakes that I fished that, that once went through like algae blooms and were typically dirty. Uh, those lakes itself, I just, I, and then now I see where mussels, I, I rarely fish them, uh, just for that, uh, that aspect. It's a, it's a tough fishery. You know, the clear water fisheries, um, are harder and, um, and night fishing and then also fishing during uh during conditions overcast and windy is is a great way to to kind of tackle those lakes okay well uh, it's uh it's certainly changed fishing in general for sure and obviously musky fishing as well but um there's not a whole lot we can do about it no just have to deal with it and and you know and adapt, adapt and overcome so and, and luckily for us we have a lot of a lot of musky lakes in the area within you know, 40-mile radius, we have, you know, we each on the outskirts of that to cast to uh, when he's a little bit further, um, you know, and, and then all the stock lakes as well. What are you throwing at the muskies these days to this part of the season? Uh, you know, I'm running a lot of a lot of bucktails. So the bucktails kind of take front and center right now, especially when fish are shallow. Um, you know, we're, we're just throwing a lot of bucktails and moving, moving baits fast speaking in general terms and um, you know maybe if we're trying to pick apart a spot uh, I use a lot of tubes and, uh, and beaver baits too 
You you mentioned uh, more and more anglers, uh, so obviously musky fishing continues to grow in popularity. Are you seeing it across the board generationally? Is it mainly adults or more kids getting involved? What are you seeing out there? Um, you know, maybe not as many kids. Um, you know, and I guess I guess uh, I don't know. I don't know if kids are participating in outdoor activities like they were ten years ago, but. Um, but uh, definitely in, in anglers that are that are in their twenties and thirties, without a doubt, um, you know, guys they just want to do something different and chase uh, the apex predator, I guess. So uh, maybe not so much with kids. With our kids, my like our personal kids, like I mean, they love it, you know. And I have uh, I have our my eleven uh, year old boy out with me um, frequently, and he's helping like guiding in my boat and you know, changing baits and, and doing those things. And he just, he just eats it up. So, you know, um, some of his friends are really into it as well. Um, so that's something I like to see. The, of your clients, um, are, how many of them are from this area trying to just get a feel for what musky fishing is all about? How many of them are from other areas that maybe are musky anglers, but don't know this area? I mean, what, how does that uh, all break down for you? Yeah, so I would say locally, as far as, as clientele, like maybe, oh man, maybe like five to ten percent. It's pretty low. You know, I might get um, less than ten trips a year um, that uh, that are from local anglers, but uh, for the most part, I'd say, you know, you're looking at like Minneapolis, St. Paul area, uh, and then out of staters as well. Okay, um, how many of them again have? Uh have some experience with musky angling just don't know the area and how many of them are saying i heard about this i need to try it oh sure yeah um so you know i would say um you know like like first timers and <laughs> they get a rude awakening they really do you know and, and when we're casting for 10 hours straight they're like wow this is just what musky fishing is some of them have just have no idea uh, they think that they think it's 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 like uh, I don't know. Just, they just think it's different, right? So they just think that maybe we'll catch like four or five fish. They know they they may not catch as many um, as many as they would if they're walleye fishing. But you know, I, I do get those those clients occasionally. You know, it's hard to say. Maybe 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 like ten percent have never really done it before, or fifteen percent. Um, so they have unrealistic expectations. <laughs> like, and I try to put that like in the forefront too, prior to the trip. I'm like, okay, well, this is musky fishing. It's not, it's not something that it, it's tough. And there is a chance where we may not get one, you know, but I'll put you in the best position to, to connect with a fish. Um, so I, you know, I do get some of that. I just, I just finished a, a group up from Italy, um, for five days and, and we did pretty well we caught some quite a few fish and uh and a handful of, a couple bigger bigger ones um but you know they're basically professional pike fishermen from italy and they mm. knew it was going to be hard but you know the first day I, I i trips like that i really try to put things in perspective especially if they're fishing with me for multiple days i'll say okay well the first day is going to be a long day you know i want to really like kind of test you and, and see where you're at. We fished 17 hours the first day. <laughs> so we caught fish and, and, and the first day and did okay. Uh, and lost like three or four more fish too. But, um, 
But even coming from another country and knowing what to someone expect, they didn't really expect that. You know, they didn't expect how hard it was going to be as far as uh, just relentless casting, I guess. <laughs> um, so, Despite his humility, he is one of the premier musky fishing voices in Paul Bunyan country. Kevin Cochran of Kevin Cochran's Musky Guide Service. We've got a lot more with Kevin later on in the show, but up next, many people have told me, Kev, you don't know Jack. Well, thanks to John, I do now, and you can know Jack, too. I'm Kevin Cochran, celebrating another year of patiently educating Kev Jack on fishing for Bunyan Country. Lake of the Weekday, Lake of the Weekday, Lake of the Weekday, Holy Cow! Hey, our Lake of the Week this week is Jack Lake, and that is uh, in the Walker Whipholt area. We've got John Gustafson joining us. He's a fishery specialist. John, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. So, hey, tell me a little bit about Jack Lake. First of all, uh, if uh, those for those not familiar, where are we going to find it? Jack Lake is between uh, between Walker and Whipple. You go east on 200 past the intersection with 371 past the casino, and it's going to be about uh, about three four miles east of that juncture on the north side of the road between 200 and Leech Lake. Okay, and it's a it's a fairly small lake, about 141 acres, and it looks like it's got a lot of the uh, usual suspects for uh, Minnesota lakes: uh, panfish, bass, northerns. Just the th- uh, there's a lot of lakes like that. Yes, that's right. It's just got kind of your your typical Northwoods mix of fish. Um, it is uh, it's got pretty clear water. It has good water quality. We do have ciscos in that lake. It gets down to 110 feet, so wow. it is one of our deeper small lakes. And it's just a it's a quiet, uh, nice scenic place to to get out and do some fishing, especially if it's windy on nearby lakes like Leech. Right, exactly. And it, it's a you said kind of a quiet place, so not real developed. Not real developed. There's a few homes on the east shore and uh, some private property on the northwest shore, but the rest of it's either county or state or federal land. It's in the it's in the um, Chippewa National Forest and inside the Leech Lake Indian Reservation, and most of the shoreline's undeveloped. You know, sometimes it's just nice to go to a place like that. You're right. It's very nice. Uh, we, we're lucky to have many choices like that in the in in this area in general. Is there a fish that tends to be a little more popular amongst the anglers over there in that particular? Uh, well, we, yeah, we haven't. Um, it, like I said, it's just kind of kind of got your typical mix of fish. Um, I'd say your you're probably your best bet would be for bass or northern pike on that lake. There are some bluegills in the lake. Um, they tend to run a little smaller. And there's a few crappies, but the numbers are pretty low. Um, it can be a little bit of a challenge to to sample some of these lakes with the steep steep shoreline breaks. As far as some of our gillnet sampling can be a little bit more of a challenge, but we do pick up um, some northern pike, and there is some Cisco forage base in there that has the potential to produce some big northern pike. Yeah, and I noticed that. I mean, it's got a pretty decent abundance. You're looking at almost uh, seven per net uh, in the, in the survey that I saw on the website. And yet the average weight was uh, 2.42 pounds, which is pretty good. That's decent, yes. Yeah. So uh, it does well there. I I guess you don't really want to go fishing walleyes on that lake, though. 
No, that we, we, we don't catch them every, every survey. Um, last time I was out, I was out there on the 2018 survey was the last survey. We will be in there again in 2024. Um, but it's, we go some surveys without catching any. We did catch a big one in the last survey of about 25 inch or so, but there's not very many fish in there as far as walleyes. Um, there's a connection to Leech Lake, but it goes through a wetland and it'd be tough to get a canoe or a kayak through there. So it's not a real big connection. It's not a walleye lake. You mentioned to me, you know, earlier that we were, you know, um, if it's a windy day, it's kind of a good option. But does it get a lot of pressure? It. I don't think it gets a lot of pressure. Um, it's it's a relatively quiet landing. Um, you'd want to be a little bit more cautious. It can be a little soft, especially if it's been raining a lot. Four wheel drive might be needed in certain uh, with certain conditions. As far as like I said, if it's been a wet week or something like that, or there've been some recent rains. Occasionally, there's a little bit. There can be a few ruts in the in the near the access there. So just use caution, especially with your bigger boats. So you you guys uh, obviously have a lot of lakes to cover in the in your area, as all areas do. So how often does a, a you know a smaller, less uh, um, pressured lake like this get surveyed? We're in there about roughly every eight years or so. Okay, so yeah, give or take. There's certain ones that get surveyed every year. Obviously, leech would be one of those, but uh, other ones, yeah, not so much. Um, is there any concerns? Any AIS or anything else you're seeing on that lake? Nope. This lake doesn't have any AIS at this time. Um, there is potential, like with any of our lakes, that that could be brought in because it's in the area in so many, so many of our lakes. Things like, like zebra mussels or Eurasian water milfoil. That's there's always a concern of that. But at this time, we haven't we haven't noticed any in this lake. Okay. Um, you know, sometimes when you get these deeper lakes that are small, uh, there's some trout in them, but this uh, apparently is not one of those lakes. I'm sorry, I, I missed that part. Oh, okay. I was going to say, a lot of these small lakes that go fairly deep, oftentimes there's trout in those lakes. This is not one of them, though. No, no. The trout in this area would have to be stocked. Um, there are um, there's ciscos in there, so we know the water quality and the, co- and the colder water is present. Um the pike would probably enjoy it if we stock trout, so that that may not be work out so well for the trout. Okay, again, it's a smaller lake, but I think with that depth and all that extra water, is that does that help prevent winter kill? I'm guessing. Yes, this is not a lake you're going to see winter kill in there. Um, this it's far too deep for that. 110 feet. It's one of our one of our deeper lakes under one of our deeper lakes. Period in our area, especially under you know two or three hundred acres, quite deep. Okay, and again. Uh, if you're if you're looking for it, you just keep going straight at the uh, at 200 at the intersection with 371. You keep going straight on 200, and it'll be on the left side of the road as you're headed towards Whipple. That's that's correct. You're going to look um, look for a brown sign. They they don't show up real well, but look for the brown sign. It'll say uh, 2666 um, Forest Road. This is a U.S. Forest Service road, and follow that down uh, about a mile. And it's gonna. There's gonna be a right-hand turn, and you stay on that right-hand turn, and dead ends at the at the landing. Um, these are smaller boat landings, of course. Always, when you go in there, just leave room for the next person to turn around and find a place to park. And you got a space for about oh, about four or five rigs. Um, again, the bigger boats would have might have a difficult time turning around in there. So um, keep that in mind when you go to this lake. 
you're looking for one of those quiet days away uh, in the middle of the forest and a chance to maybe see some, some nice wildlife and just relax, Jack Lake is probably that option. That's right. It's a it's a very scenic lake. Lots of the, like I said, the shoreline's intact, lots of vegetation, some bog in some areas, and some of the um, some of the Northwoods, uh, typical Northwoods fish you'd find in there, and uh, just a beautiful shoreline, shoreline setting. John Gustafson, a fishery specialist out of the Walker area office, giving us the details on this week's Lake of the Week, Jack Lake. Hey, John, thanks for being here today. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. Up next, back to Musky Talk with Kevin Cochran. Hey, I'm Jason Rylander of North Country Guide Service. My back sure hurts from carrying Kev Jackson for all these years. Hi, I'm Dick Beardsley with Dick Beardsley Fishing Guide Service. Cast a line this summer and discover the first city on the Mississippi, Bemidji, with over 400 lakes and a 25-mile radius, creates a premier destination for all anglers. With an abundance of multi-species available, you'll catch more fish, bigger fish, and create better stories to last a lifetime. For more information, go to visitbemidji.com. Hi, this is Nate Blazing with the Missile Guide League, and you're listening to Paul Bunyan Country Outdoor. Checking back in with Kevin Cochran of Kevin Cochran's Muskie Guide Service. We talked electronics already. Besides that, uh, there's always new toys out there for all anglers. Uh, anything new out there in the muskie fishing world that you really like right now? Um, you know, like Thorn Brothers came out with uh, a stealth series rod um, that that we've been using. Um, this year and it's it's just been incredible you know and, and i've got some that are built out to ten and a half foot so i really like that like 10 foot and 10 and a half foot lengths um it's just a for me it's 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 you can you can cast baits further and and just longer in general um longer duration of time and then also your figure eights are really big and your ovals are, are huge too beside the boat uh, but, you know, long rods and specifically the, the new Thorn Brothers rods just really helped, really helped our game, I think, too, um, this year. And let's see, as far as other things, oh, yeah, some kind of a, a little invention that was that was created uh, maybe last year, and I got my hands on this year. It's called a Net Buddy. Um, it attaches uh, below or above the yoke of your net i've got mine actually above the yoke um but let's say the majority of people have it below the yoke of your net um it's a cnc machined aluminum um, um, female end that goes that goes on the track section of your boat and then um and then the male end essentially goes on the yoke or right below the yoke and uh, you kind of marry those two together and it creates a a, a solid um after you get the fish in the net, it creates like a solid, um, uh, secure, like locking option to uh, hold your net over the side of the boat uh, without like bungee straps or like burying the net handle in a seat or having your buddy uh, hold the net. Uh, so it's, it, that's actually really cool. It's it's uh, it's uh, just came out recently, and and you can hold that hoop over the side of your boat without worrying, hey, is the fish going to, like, jump out? Is it going to, is the, the hoop going to dip um, to where I can't, I, you know, the fish comes out? Or, yeah, usually it's something, it's a job that took uh, that took uh, you and somebody else. Uh, now it's just it's just solo. You can do that solo. So it's a, it's a pretty awesome invention. So. 
Well, we're sitting here on the 5th of July. It has not been an overly hot summer by any stretch. Um, what do you th- what do you think we're going to see from here on out for musky fishing? You know, if the if the, the temps, like if they just hang where they're at in the mid-70s during the day and get down in, in uh, the low 60s or, or 50s at night, you know, that'd be that'd be awesome. You know, I, I I I hate I hate canceling trips. Uh, it's something that I've had to do uh, two and three years ago just due to uh, hot weather. Um, but if if the, the temps kind of hang in where they're at right now, I I would assume the summer is going to be awesome. It's going to be an incredible bite throughout the summer throughout the the entire summer and uh, the rest of July and August, and um, then we'll get our cool down maybe maybe mid to late August and um, you know, I just, I anticipate a lot of shallow water fish still, um, now that, uh, that they're starting to be established. And I'm really looking forward to, you know, just a, a solid, uh, bucktail bite and top water and kind of, kind of like the essence of what musky fishing casting really is. So, uh, that's kind of what, what I anticipate, uh, providing the, the heat holds off. All right. So, I think we've asked this question. I know, I know I've asked you this question before, but it's been a while, and you know, he's got new listeners to the show. So let's presume it's, it's an, an avid angler. He's got the boat. He's got the electronics, the normal stuff you have as an angler. You're going to make, you, you've done a few, uh, musky trips. You decide, I want to do this more. It's time to get some equipment. How much money do we need to put aside? And, and what do we absolutely have to have if we're going out to do our own musky fishing? Yeah, sure. So I'd say like a, a quality net is is kind of takes priority, um, you know, and, and along with that, a pair of Nipex and, and, and pliers, uh, Nipex is hook cutters, um, and um, a couple pairs of pliers as well, um, you know, and and that's kind of where I would start. I would I would make sure that you knew what to do when you did uh, hook that muskie and get it, you know, you need to place it in a secure net. And then work on it. So you need to have those tools first and foremost, um, and and a longer rod in the nine to ten foot range uh, is a great start. Um, you know, you can you can find something that's less less expensive in that hundred and fifty to two hundred dollar mark. Uh, quality reel. Um, you know, there's quite a few companies that make quality reels right now. You know, I kind of lean towards uh, Shimano, and I I did pick up uh, Abu Garcia Beast reel recently, and um, and I've kind of been putting that through the ringer as well. So, but, you know, I would say that's another $300 and, and set up a uh, rod and reel. You're looking at maybe 500, um, and baits. If you had an assortment of, of baits, I think you can get away with maybe $500 in baits. And granted, that may only get you, you know, like, like 10 to 15 baits. Um, but, um, um, you know, and then release supplies. You know, I think you can kind of do everything uh, like a beginner's package for fifteen hundred bucks. Okay, got to save a little bit. You do. You really do. All right. Well, before we wrap it up, are you ready for a fast five? Let's do it. Fast five. Who's with me? <laughs> okay. Question number one: What was the first fish you ever caught? Ooh, the first fish I ever caught. Um, it was a 40, 
maybe a maybe a 40 incher on French Lake in uh, 1999. Ooh, how young were you back in 1999? Uh, um, <laughs> let's see, we're, we're like 19, maybe. Oh, okay. All right. 20, yeah, yeah, 19. All right, this is a silly question for a musky angler, but, or, but what is the biggest fish you've ever caught? The biggest would be a 50, 55. We've got multiple 55s. My, my clients caught, caught bigger fish. Than me. Oh. Which is good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, this is not necessarily theologically accurate, but uh, you have uh, been given permission in the next world to fish every day for all eternity, but you have to choose one lake. What lake will that be? You know, am I am I, am I in heaven? Am I going to have like uh, like like what are we talking? Am I going to be getting like tired? And am I going to be able to cast? You know, like ten hours a day or twenty hours a day? Oh no! Yeah, yeah. You can go and go and go. I can go. All right, all right. Then <laughs> you know, I would say maybe like. I really like Laxul, so I, I would say uh, Laxul would uh, probably be right up there. We've had a couple of Laxuls, that's that's for sure. All yeah, right. Yeah. Question. The expectations there are pretty low. And, you know, <laughs> it's definitely a low density fishery, but I mean, if I got the endurance and I'm in my like in my my form where it's not humanly form and I don't get tired, then let's do it. <laughs> okay. Question number four. What is your favorite movie of all time? Uh, it would have to be Last of the Mohicans. Oh, that's a good one, yes. And finally, question number five, and I love asking teachers this question. What was your favorite subject in school? Oof. Um, I would say, hmm, that's a great question. Um, you know, we had a, a, a class in, in, in high school where we built stages. We, we built, uh, props and, and sets for stages for, for theaters. So I would say, like, essentially, that was, it was a construction class. So I would say, uh, that class. So, yeah. Okay. A, a, a building class. Without a doubt. All right. Well, that's, that's better than a lot. I've had a few teachers say recess. I'm going, dude, you're a teacher. You're a teacher, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, when I was in school, I wasn't. I wasn't. Uh, you know, I, I wasn't. Definitely was not a star student. I didn't like school. Uh, just really just wasn't my thing. So, um, you know, like doing something with my hands, building was was pretty cool. All right. Well, Kevin Cochran, if people want to go fishing and learn about musky fishing in Paul Bunyan country, use your fine services. How do they go about doing that? Uh, they can send me a text at 507-456-9023. I'm on uh, Instagram at Kevin Cochran Guide um, and KevinCochranGuide.com on uh, the Internet. But, uh, but, yeah, I have a handful of dates in July and really not many in August. So if they want to do something, they can do something sooner and later and contact me. And, of course, if they want to get very serious about musky fishing, uh, you want to wear a few layers and go out late fall because that's when it really goes, right? You know, I love it. I love October, September, October, and even November fishing. So, it's, it's yeah, late fall is definitely uh, an awesome time. He's Kevin Cochran of Kevin Cochran's Musky Guide Service. Great to have him back on the show today. Kevin, thanks for your time, and uh, best of luck when you get out there next time. 
Thank you so much for having me, Kevin. F-I-S-H-I-I-N for money and country. Kev, I'm a huge fan. Saturday mornings, I catch it all the time as I'm driving to the lake. I love listening to all the people you have on there. It's, it's great.